Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me I've never changed the oil on my on my truck before. It needed an oil change, so uh, I, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I'm a DIY. I like to get my hands dirty. I like to get my dipstick fucking deep in the car. Um, I fucked my car's tailpipe. No, what I was saying. So I I went to go change it, uh, and Jeremy. I I know this isn't as much for Ashley as it is for Jeremy. Jeremy, have you ever? I, I swear to God, you've never seen an oil filter in a worse location on a vehicle than my new truck. It is in a place where there's no way to take it off without it just dripping on everything. It's like in the middle of the thing and they were like, oh, we'll just put electronics under this. Hope that won't cause any problems. (laughs) So I made a very large mess outside and because it's kind of cold, I, I think I maybe overfilled it with oil, so I leaked oil on top of doing after I filled everything out because I maybe didn't drain enough out. I'm kind of living in a nightmare right now. My my fucking driveway looks like an Exxon oil spill ready to just murder ducks and wildlife. I'm having fun. I'm glad to be here on the Quality Time podcast today. Thank you for your support and also the constant teasing I'm about to receive. Please go. But my car, for being so small, has a very large opening for some reason, which I did slap my mechanic when he's like, you have the largest opening I've ever seen. I'm like, that's not what I hear normally. Um, But the only oil (laughs) slick I know of is the one that drips out of Eric's asshole every week when he eats a terrible diet. Oh, I do. After I have those extra flaming hot Cheetos, I'm spraying hot fire Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. My name is Eric Woodworth. I'm your host. I'm also joined by my my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. How are you, sir? I don't know who you're talking to. Oh, my God. Who's joining us on the program this week? Is this Ed uh, Harris? Right, Ed Harris. Hey, everybody. Hey, you might have seen me in Knight Riders while I rode, I rode a bike. I was King Arthur. I put on a bike. I love I loved you in Creep Show. Wow, you did such a phenomenal job. Oh my god! Yeah, I, really, I really love dancing. I really love dancing in Creep Show. Yeah. I love dancing. <laughs> wow, I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here, Joey. Uh, By the way, I had to have a one ton rock dropped on me fifty <laughs> times just to get it right. Hey, that actually, out of all the things in Creep Show, I love that movie. By the way, it's one of my favorites. But my well, least you, favorite you death. You want to hear me die again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite is of all the deaths in creep show and the special effects is is fucking ed harris watching that rock slowly get pushed on top of him like hey, wait a minute i think that thing's moving 
Oh my God, it's moving again. I think I should move. Should I move? Not yet. Think I'm just going to let it fall on my skull and crack my head open. Oh, God. Talk about his greatest role in the abyss when they find out he's alive. And Chris Elliott goes, Bud? Bud's alive? (laughs) Thank you. And that other sultry voice that you hear in the background, the lady I've done two shows with in the last 48 hours, a gem of a person to be around, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I love when Eric lies. <laughs> That's not true. We had a great time this weekend. Well, I had a great time this weekend. Fine. Tell me how shitty your weekend was. <laughs> wow, I was kidding. Jesus Christ. Um, no, I had. We had. We did have two great shows. Eric did very well. I had a great time. My mom was trying to pimp me out to one of her friends for a date, which was weird. But other than that, it was fine. Oh, yeah. I met that guy. He looked like he was just off meth. Oh, he's nice. <laughs> I just, I was like, ah, I, ugh. anytime your parents like, I've got someone for you. Hey. Oh, I'd rather die alone with my cats eating off, off the fleshy parts of my face. I, I didn't talk to this. It was the fellow who's at the show last night. No, right? That guy? Yes, that is correct. So I wasn't sure when I saw him if. If he was just a friend, first of all, I thought he was a relative, number one. Number two, if he, now that I know he wasn't, I was thinking this, you, he, they were trying to set you up as the 13th step of his 12 step program. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm sorry. He seemed really nice. I, po- listen. He was probably very, very nice. I got to meet Doug last night uh, for a second or third time. No, but I had, listen, we shook hands in a way that was different last night. It felt like he was just like, the way you talked about your penis on stage, respect, (laughs) respect. And that was you're, you're, You're telling me in 10 years when he's even older and decrepit. You're finally like, hey, that handshake is going to lead to a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. My yeah. my new bit about about uh, the notorious Big, which has been doing it's been doing pretty well. Um, yes. But no, Ashley. So we had two shows uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. One I had no idea until like this week coming up that somehow the show I booked for sat I booked the show on Saturday for Rough Edges Brewing. The one on Friday somehow was the exact same lineup. This guy Mark Hassan who is a friend of ours booked all the same exact people that I booked for this show and I was I thought that was a fun coincidence. How the fuck did that happen? It's not a coincidence. Um oh. you know, a lot of people don't know this about me listeners and because I'm not you know what they say, beautiful things don't demand attention. Um, I do a lot of behind-the-scenes string pulling, and you're welcome. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, we did have to go to Elkton, Maryland. I did stress out, Jeremy, you'll like this, because so, so Ashley's kind of a hung, high-strung person from time to time, and maybe I'm a most annoying person, and if I find a character trait that I can poke at, do I do it? 100%. And we'll get to what you fucking did to me, Jeremy, soon enough. But... This uh, when we were when we were riding up, I was just like, God, we have to go to fucking Elkton. And I, I I say this and I know Ashley has no remorse because she lives the furthest away from everyone. So this is like right. my my 50 minute inconvenience is like a, the shortest drive you ever have to anything. So I, I, I'm not 
I'm not not aware of that, but I'm a man of mm-hmm. leisure. Okay, I'm a man of leisure and comfort. Um, yes. I'm built for it, and that's how I live my life. But as we are, um, as we're riding up, I keep doing things. So, so apparently, even my. <laughs> As we were pulling up, we were driving through a residential neighborhood, and I was like, I swear to fucking God, if we pull up and the GPS takes us and it's a fucking single family home, we're turning the fuck around. We're not We're not doing this. We're going to tell them we got in a car accident. And Ashley, shut the fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> and I have, I'm mostly playing around. Mostly. But <laughs> Ashley, you were very stressed out about, about the jokes your, coming up to the show. Your perception of what I am bothered by is the funniest thing to me. And I don't mind hashing this out with Jeremy and our listeners. Okay. I, you could shoot me in the foot and you would tell people that I was upset only that you made a joke that night. And I'm like, no, it's, it's actually because you actually fucking shot me in the foot. And you're like, no, no, no. She was just mad. I was making jokes all night. I'm like, no, <laughs> but you actually shot me in the foot. And you're just like, I don't see it. You, Your perception of what makes a woman angry at you keeps me up at night. I wonder how does someone become this out of touch? And then I look at you and I go, yeah, that's someone that hasn't been touched in a long time. That's fair. But I, I just... It is baffling. No, audience, he is 100% right. I am I am an anxious person. I am an irritable person. And Eric knows where that weak spot in my armor is. And he likes to poke it with a 500-degree hot iron. That is just who who he is. So, you know, yeah, tomatoes, in- tomatoes. I cry in my closet at night. It's fine. Hey, I, I can be a bit much at times. Um but also another thing that happened. That show was really fun. Um, it was. But uh, hey, when I when I was doing my set, there's two stories. I'd like to you, for you to tell the Gilf story, but I'd like to tell this story first before I kick sure. that over to you. So, sure. so Jeremy, we're, we're there, and I do. I'm doing a little crowd work. I'm having fun, you know, having a little bit of a hoot. And I say, uh, you know, I do this little thing that kind of leads into another bit where I'm like, hey, hey, anybody thinking, anybody here thinking about having kids? And they're like, woo. And this lady in the front row goes, oh, yeah, I've had a kid. Uh, she's like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was just like, now, listen, she go, I go, oh, oh, man, how, how far along are you? And she goes, she goes, 10 weeks. And I, I literally, I swear to God, and it didn't even cross my mind as it left my lips. I was like, 10 weeks from the start or 10 weeks to finish? Because she was kind of a big broad. And basically, I just called this bitch fat. I just called her, I was like, I just basically called her fat and I wasn't sure. Hey, she said she was only 10 weeks in. So, which is, which is a weird thing to share, right? That's a weird thing to share. I was sure it had to be the other one, right? Because like 10 weeks, you don't tell people about it, right? Because you don't know what could happen that early. So yeah, but she knows the gender. I, I know. I, we'll get to that. Jesus Christ. So this lady, this lady, then uh, I, I. So after I incidentally called this lady fat, she then goes. <laughs> um, she then goes. I was like, oh, cool. Well, this is, is this your first kid? She goes. She was like, oh no. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, how old's your other kid? And she goes, well. And there's like this awkward pause. And she's like, well, me and him are pregnant. And I go, oh, does he have like a, is that like your stepson or something like that? And she's like, um, we're just, we're pregnant again. And I was like, 
Holy sh- So this bitch brought up that she basically had a miscarriage during crowd work. Why would you, why would you share that with people? Why was <laughs> So I had to backtrack my way out of this this lady and her fucking miscarriage and try to recover my set at that point, which was which, awkward. But- which, by the way, though, Eric, do not forget, you did a great job of, because Jeremy, Eric is like, oh, okay, so you've had a dead one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> did I say that? Did I say, oh, you yes. had a dead one. All right, cool. Yeah, um, you're like, we're counting the live ones. And, <laughs> and God, it's just. I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> it's so funny to me, because I've been thinking about this. It's so funny to me that we're now, like, qualifying, like, free abortions we're like ah like there's a there's an at home abortion it's called a miscarriage <laughs> like <laughs> so so that was uh that was a little awkward now now Ashley, i didn't run into this lady but i you you and tom nutty did uh so shout outs tom nutty we did the shows with him all weekend mm-hmm. i gotta admit real gem of a guy we'll have him on yeah, the show sometime in the future but you ran into a self proclaimed gilf could you tell us about her a little so yeah tom nutty was great love hanging out with him so um tom and i want to talk shit because that's my favorite thing in the world if you guys are like ashley i don't know what to get you for your birthday this year um give me some hot horrible gossip about somebody and it'll sustain me for a lifetime um so tom and i go outside to talk shit about people and tom smokes so he's out there trying to light up and this woman barges through the, the the room we were in out out into the street and she smashes her cell phone on the ground and she's trying to light up a cigarette and it's not going well she is trashed and as she's lighting it up finally she goes i'm like 53 and i've got four grandkids and i'm a fucking gilf <laughs> And and Tom's like, yeah, but, but you are. And and while he's trying to finish his cigarette, she's staring at him and she goes, you know, my day doesn't go in very well. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, this woman wants some nut. So I, uh, I leave Tom alone with the gilf. I'm like, you have her. Like, hey, I don't want to come between true love. Technically, Tom, you're divorced. So it's free. It's free, free game for you, my man. So I leave and let Tom get fondled up by this old lady uh, wanting in those those jockey extra mediums. Yeah. So Tom Tom had uh, so she had her eyes on Tom Nutty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, not me. Sorry. She she wants she she wants that hard salami. Didn't you say something her date that she brought? She was like, "It's just platonic, but he's hanging with some other girl cuz she knows I want him." <laughs> I think that's something she might have said to Tom because when I was trying to escape her, she's like, "You're so fucking funny do you know the poop song and i'm like i don't know what this is and i just let (laughs) but then real quick because i want to get to what's going on with jeremy real quick though i i don't think eric knows about this and i definitely didn't mention it to jeremy pre-show last night at the show in waynesboro after the show this woman comes up again it's always those fucking smokers this woman comes up to me with a cigarette just hanging out of her lips and she goes she slams her hands down on the table i'm sitting at and she slams her hands down and she goes, I want to do stand up. And I go, okay. And hi. Oh, look how cute us. you look. Eric's, Eric, you- you're muted, but his beautiful daughter has joined the show. Am I muted you for real? You can hear me yes. now. 
now, but you were not. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Susie, would you like to say something since you interrupted the podcast? That's it? What did you ask me? If I could have a snack. What kind of snack do you want? Um, I want... Talking to that. We'll let our listeners decide. It's a McDonald's order. Tell me what Tell me what you yeah. want. A McFlurry. A McFlurry? Uh-oh. Oh, uh, not- I hate to tell you our machine is broken. <laughs> I want a McFlurry. Nuh-uh. No, no, no. Not, you don't want a Pontius McFlurry. I've heard her bit. Trust me. It's, uh, uh, when you turn oh, her upside no. down, she's a <laughs> blizzard. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. Go uh. get yourself a McFlurry upstairs, hon. There's no McFlurries upstairs. It's too late. <laughs> Shut up and ask mom. Get upstairs. I don't know where mom is. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you can go have a snack though. Go for it. Okay, I'm gonna choose whatever I want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go get go get some fentanyl or something. Okay. I'm gonna oh. go back. <laughs> um. I love that your kid is hungry at the same time every day. Relax, relax. So, um, sorry. Kids start with fentanyl real young these days. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is it Vietnam Tom or Miss Toomey? I'm not sure. I just came upstairs. I've been living in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) I said the best part of waking up is getting to shoot up. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Now, uh, I'm sorry, we got a little off track there. We had the fun uh, lady there. No, but uh, but before I, before we get into what Jeremy did to to me last weekend, okay, Ashley, I need to mention. Can I can I say that I visited your apartment? Yes, you can. I did. I got to visit uh, your living arrangement, which I, I don't know how much we've talked about on the pod, but it's uh, it, it's it, it can be stressful at times. We won't get too much into the the p's and q's yes. of it. But I saw your I saw your your setup. It's really nice, Jeremy. She has an upstairs apartment. It's a nice little three rooms. Not how I would set it up, but it's perfect. And, and, and when I walked in, I was like, this is very much Ashley Pontius right in here. The way it's set up. She has so many mugs. Compliment. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, you want to know the only thing I would do Thank different? You, Jeremy, Jeremy's laughing. Yes, no, no, okay. No. The only thing I would do different, I would have, I would have just put my bed in that in the office room, so I could have been like away from everybody, and then made that giant bedroom you have like your fucking living space because you can't make it in the middle because everybody has to walk through everything. That's just me, but I also you do you, girlfriend. I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Well, Eric, did you see how small my office is? That is a small ass bedroom. I'm a woman of luxury and if that was the living room what would i do in the fucking other room i that's where you put the office you put the office in between so people walk through the office into the living room that is horrible you have i i love you but this no i would never let you design any of my living spaces well bad you bad taste woodworth anyways jeremy i want to hear what's going on no 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 no. what i wanted to bring up was your living space though because as beautiful as it was Jeremy, she has there. There's the only door is the front door that exists in this place. Okay, and I was a little like nothing was taken back for me. I was like, oh, cool, it's really open concept. Until you get to the shit, you shit with the fuck with no door on. The no, okay, okay. Look, it's not my fault. I have a door, but it's not the right size, so the door doesn't shut. So yes, there's no privacy. But guess what, motherfuckers? I live alone. Who's hearing me shit my brains out? It's my cats. You know what cats do? They shit in a box in the corner of my apartment. Like we're all open here. It's a fucking cult of shit. Okay, leave me alone. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. 
so uh it was funny so i i i sent your payment this morning it was really funny i sent i sent uh ashley the payment for the show and i said i said hey for those dope ass jokes and for a door for your pooper and she messaged back on the venmo payment she goes she was just like i have bigger dreams in this place <laughs> i deserve so much more i work so fucking hard i save all my fucking you money god damn you you shit-eating piece of god damn come walking around you fucking ah you precious moment looking motherfucker i fucking hate you sometimes hey i uh, listen I got, a, I got a question how about a how about a curtain how about a curtain? I don't <laughs> listen. Hey, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to do it. And honestly, none of this actually bothered me. I just found it bizarre. That's all. I found it bizarre. It was. Can I ask, can I ask another question? Yeah, yes. shoot. Did you ever consider that there might be ghosts in your room watching you poop? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I hope so. I'm so lonely. Dude, dude, ghost poop. We're sitting on a gold mine right now. Next horror movie. <laughs> I hope. I hope my my dead my dead uncle may he rest in peace who passed on the toilet is sitting there looking at me every time I poop going real recognizes real bitch next <laughs> is gonna be you. Does it bother you that might be ghosts in the room masturbating to you pooping? Oh, you like that's their kink, their kinky ghosts. Actually, Jeremy, I'm totally fine with it because it's better than when real people do it. <laughs> so, uh, let. Last week, uh, we had the the whole quality time gang over at my house watching the Super yes. Bowl. Okay, and I thought we had a oh. wonderful time for the most part. Um, I, thought the, I thought the Patriots did great. The Patriots did great. <laughs> hey, when you so Ashley, you and Dave left, and I was left with just Jeremy, who decided that after the Super Bowl, which ended at ten thirty, he was going to edit video. Okay. Not a big deal. I'm tired. I got to work tomorrow. But you know what? He's my brother. He's over today. Let him do his thing. I go and watch the latest episode of Peacemaker with my eyes barely open. And then I was like, hey, man, it's really getting late. You got to get out of here. He's like, I'll be out in a minute. And so let me just use the bathroom. Jeremy goes into the bathroom, okay? And it is... I would say about uh, roughly 11 o'clock, okay, when he hits the bathroom. Okay. 40, 45 minutes later, he emerges <laughs> no. from the bathroom, okay? 45 minutes later. I get up multiple times. I'm concerned. I was just like, maybe he's dead in there because, like, I understand a 20-minute poop, but after, like, the 25-minute mark, I go to check on him. Hey, Ashley, you know you know, it wasn't happening in this 25-minute poop that I checked on so uh-huh. far? The fucking fan wasn't on, and his sewage smell was seeping through the cracks of the door, so much so that when I rounded where the steps were, I was punched in the face with an odor that can only be described as grandma's puss. I It was just fucking foul. And I was just like, turn on the goddamn fan, you pig. And then, so... <laughs> I think, okay, so hopefully it'll be done soon. I'm fucking tired. I'm laying and I, I go back to go sit in my recliner. I'm unwinding. And I, I think I'm all the way out when I finally, and by the way, my 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 almost sleep is interrupted by occasional uh, of uh, things from the bathroom of, <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't want to know what the fuck he's doing, what he's laughing at. Why aren't his legs asleep yet? That's when I get up from taking a poop. I'm I'm uh, I'm a little alarmed. Finally, oh, 
Finally, Jeremy gets up. He wakes me up. And he's like, you want to see what I did to your bathroom? Oh, <laughs> he's no. like, I could, I could, hey, I couldn't find, I couldn't find the scrubber. I was like, it's underneath the sink. It's underneath the sink. He was like, yeah, we put ours next to the toilet. I was like, it's next to the toilet. It's just under the sink in the cabinet. You could get it out of there. And he's just like, too late now. Look what I did. And he shows me a picture of what he did to my bathroom. And I was so horrified at the sight. It is if it's as if somebody fucking tried to flush Jif peanut butter, but the only way they could do it was smear it down the backside into the toilet first. And that is just what was on in the toilet. And he showed me pre-flush. I was horrified. I said, just can you please leave my house? I've had enough and I'm too tired. I'm too tired to deal with this. So I wake up. I wake up in the morning. I'm telling you. I needed a fucking chisel to get off what Jeremy did on the backboard of the fucking <laughs> shitter. It was fucking horrible. It still smelled. And um, that wasn't the worst part. You want to know the thing that made me the, the, the most mad? This is the thing that made me the most sure. mad. It was Because I understand destroying a bathroom. I've been there. Yeah, I go back to my it. I go back to my desk, okay? I go back to my desk, and I had this week's movie. A History of Violence sitting there, which is a block. This is a blockbuster original copy that I have. Okay. Yeah. The movie has been dismantled as much as it can be. He's taken not only the CD out of the box, it's loose on the ta- on the table. He's also removed the graphic from the case itself and just strewn it about and just left all of the pieces in three on the table. And I was like, this motherfucker. He also, I don't know why that made me somehow more angry with him that he was just like, can't wait till Eric sees this, that I fucked with this. And like, God, explain yourself, Jeremy. God damn it. Uh, You know, what comes around goes around. If you would have told me two years ago, like, hey, Ashley, there's this podcast that they want you to join. If you would have told me, hey, though, if you say yes, just know you're going to be with two men that do everything they can to annoy each other and you. And there's going to be a lot of dookie. Yeah, that's the worst part is that the more comfortable we get, the more poo that gets involved. I do admit look, that about us. Look, I want to go out on a limb and say I'm a I'm a big fan of Ayanna Dookie. Ayanna Dookie, <laughs> shout outs. Her and her fucking sickle cell anemia riddled ass. Um, She's okay. I like Eliza Dushku. I'm not a fan. Um, so look, anyway, uh, she's actually very nice. I've just never laughed at a joke she's done. But actually, I, 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 I'm just glad I don't call her Candace Saunders. <laughs> Stop! Don't do the windshield washer bit. So look, um, that was fun. Jeremy, do you have anything to say before we get kicked off into tonight's tale of woe? Um. Yes, a lot. Uh, oh Jesus! Okay. I, I, I just got a, a thrill out of fucking, fucking up your, your DVD that was sitting there like, now this would be annoying to take this apart and leave. leave. <laughs> God, I hate you so I knew much. That's something you would do and you would get a kick out of it, but I was just like <laughs> going through the moves. Uh, no, last night was another dream come true to me. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I got something in my throat. <clears> throat> God damn it. <clears throat> <laughs> hey, by the uh, way, yeah, your levels are actually good when you're that close to the mic, by the way. 
So uh, I went to uh, Magoobies last night. My wife got me tickets to uh, the immortal, the illustrious, the sexy Brad Williams. Very cool. And uh, and of course, the black guy that he had opening up for him, uh, I mistook him for another guy. And it, it took me only three seconds to realize, oh, you're not the same black guy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who, do, who, who did you think the black guy was and who was he actually? Uh, I don't even remember his name. Um, I only, <laughs> anyway, he, he was funny, though. Everybody killed last night, including Umar Khan. Hey, speaking uh, of Umar Khan, he was supposed to be on our show on Friday night. And so after, when I posted about the show, I said, it was a great night. I said, Umar Khan killed is what I posted on my on my story. Hey, he didn't respond. I didn't, I didn't like that he didn't respond to that, but that's yeah. super funny. And and sorry, Jeremy, we don't mean to take it away. That's super funny that Eric did that because he would, like you said, was supposed to be on our show. And I was trying to have the self control if he was going to show up to be like, oh my god, Umar, I don't know if you remember me. You've deleted all five of my friend requests. <laughs> uh. So uh, I said I said hi to Umar. It's like. Uh, uh, the, the old joke that I probably used 10 years ago on him, I was like, you know, I had to fight the urge to yell Khan, just like uh, mm-hmm. um, William Shatner from uh, Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Khan! Yeah. So he got a little laugh, and, and then finally I'm like, uh, so you don't remember me? He's like, oh, wait a second. Are you Eric's brother? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're Tom, right? And I'm yeah, yeah, was, the character was Vietnam Tom. So <laughs> he remembers you in Vietnam Tom. Yes, I like that you're more known as one of your characters. I like it. He's like, wait a minute, aren't you Bizarro Michael Friedman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be I, I'd, I'd love to revive that if Michael ever did. And by the way, Grant Lindahl's making pretty good videos these days too. Okay, man. Hey, you can't drop any more names that nobody on our podcast cares about than you did in that last thirty <laughs> seconds, brother. I appreciate that. Well. well well, also, I need to care about um, a Jesse Kendall. He's fucking. Awesome. I do. I, you know what? I will extend. Hey, check out Jesse Kendall on Instagram. He is a funny small man, and I love him to death. He is just the most cheerful of cherubs I've ever met. Now he has a mustache. Kind of freaks me out. He looks like. Uh, he looks like a like if you took Daniel Radcliffe and just squished him a little bit. That's all he looks like. <laughs> It's great. You'll love him. He's not, he's not like that fucking Dylan Petticord who drives a Bentley now and like fucking only drink, drinks Perrier. Yeah, fuck that twat nozzle. Um, so that's good. So Brad Williams was good. Did you get to talk to Brad Williams after the show? Did you say you were part of the Quality Time podcast and that we're a big deal? And one time we, that we have a song about midgets every episode. Uh, no, but I did get to play him my song called Midgets Are Happiness. Oh, okay. What did he think? Uh, he he, he kind of liked it. He got a little a little laugh, and I showed him the uh, the only drama that Midgets Are Awesome got with the uh, midget named Tim uh, Randalls or something. And he's like, "Oh, I know him. Oh, he's oh he's an angry fucking guy." <laughs> oh, so he, <laughs> he knew him. He knew him. It's a small fucking. That's world. hilarious. It's weird that it's oh, a small oh. community. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I wonder if you've actually given shit. Oh yeah, and, and uh, only I think the last Brad Williams show there was at least two or three extra midgets in the audience, but this one only had one. Wow. And of course, my wife from a distance thought I was a kid, and I recognized when I got up close and I <laughs> did the uncomfortable thing to ask, "Can I have a picture with you?" He's like, "No." So, hey, can you ride on my shoulders and say that we run Border Town? I know. 
I mean, I always wear the big fucking helmet, and I, I make up my face. I look extra retarded. So, <laughs> all right. I was, I was retarded. I was just really drunk. I think we've got enough over everything today. Are we ready to get into tonight's movie? Oh, yeah, we got to get this done. I got to get out of here. I know, I know. We started late. But uh, this week was my pick, and it is a uh, a David Cronenberg classic. Uh, a History of Violence from 2005. Uh, a movie that is... Uh, I just remember like when I, I felt like I... This is a time I watched movies where I felt like I was an adult, but I certainly wasn't, okay? I was in my early 20s, and I saw this bitch come out, and I was like, this this just, this is the best... Like, when I first saw it, I was like, this is the best movie that's ever made. They're not going to make a better movie with Viggo Mortensen than this. Like, this is... And that and I had already seen Lord of the Rings, and I was like, this is... This shit is dope. Um, and I know that, first of all, I know that I triggered Miss Ashley Pontius with that one because she's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. But um, no, this is a uh, uh, this and Eastern Promises are my two favorite Vigo movies, and uh, both David Cronenberg joints so much nice so time. that Vigo has said uh, on. Uh, multiple times, like when he's won awards for things, he's just like, this is really great that I won an award for this. Uh, when is David Cronenberg going to get a best director's thing? He was like, every one of his movies comes under budget, on time, and they get he gets great performances, and he makes the most out of everything that he has. So, um, And I do. I, I, I respect the work of David Cronenberg. Also, not our first David Cronenberg film. Of course, we've done Videodrome, uh, I think was the last one that we went over. And uh, it, it's an exciting time to be alive now ashley you have an interesting story about this movie because it was at one time in your home yes um so my mom actually loves this movie which is kind of shocking though my parents do love violence they love violence in my home but there's one thing they don't love and that's sex um so uh my mom had this movie loved it and then at one point i remember hearing no and then the movie ended up in the garbage um, I never watched this movie, by the way. I've never watched this movie until the podcast. So my mom loved it. I never cared about it. Didn't watch it. I have now watched it. And I will now tell you, I can pinpoint the scenes where my mom screamed no. <laughs> I, bring this, I bring this up to my father yesterday and my dad laughs and he goes, we rebought it last year. And I go, oh, okay. Mom's finally a freak again. That's Fuck cool. Yeah. Good for you, dog. That must mean good things at home. Damn. Watch out for uh, watch out for your mom's bruises on her back from fucking on them steps. Um, <laughs> um, I hate you so much. You're gonna have bruises, and it ain't gonna be from fucking. Um, but I'm gonna have to say that Viggo Mortensen is better. Yes, in Lord of the Rings, suck my dick, Eric. Okay, but it's fair. It's fair. Also. Vigo Mortensen in a perfect murder with Michael Douglas. Oh yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I do. I don't that's hate that movie. I do like that movie a lot. That um, one makes me drippity droop. Can I mention only thing more um, painful than having sex on a stairway? Sure. Uh, sex in a smart car. <laughs> okay. Nope, it's not. It's it's not. Well, it's funny that we um, brought this up so early. I should have gone for the Volkswagen with the old 
mall rats jokes. So, well, the, here's the thing. I didn't want people thinking you and I have had sex, Jeremy. No offense. Um, <laughs> that was the number one reason I wanted to put an end to that comment. Um, but no, I've had sex in the smart car, but I have a soft top so I can lower the roof so I look like a giraffe while I'm bouncing up and down on your dick. People are like, oh my God, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's whack a mole. And I just kind of. <laughs> So, so. Uh, uh, by, by the way, uh, Whack a Mole was um, Ted Bundy's favorite game. No, Jeremy. Ashley's gonna go get some caffeine. But uh, it's funny that the uh, uh, that was brought up. I, I guess I'll bring this up now, Jeremy. So, did you know that the great David Cronenberg, when they were f- filming that sex scene on the stairwell, he was actually worried about the safety of his actors, uh, specifically the actress Maria Bello, uh, because her back is up against just wooden steps, getting thrown around real rough, like by uh, Viggo Mortensen's no ass having ass and uh he was just like he asked his stunt coordinator he's like hey do you think do you think we could get some stunt pads to put underneath the steps uh, i don't want to i want to make sure maria's okay and uh he was just the stunt coordinator he's like i don't think i gotta be honest with you this is the first time i've ever been asked to have stunt pads for a sex scene ever but i'll see what i can do and uh they didn't end up using them because the shots that they did with the stunt pads uh had they you could see the pads underneath them so they were like this is ridiculous we had to cut it so they filmed it without the stunt pads and they said for the rest of the shoot maria bello just had fucking bruises all over her back and stuff like that and so she she just looked like a rotten banana for the rest of the shoot <laughs> So, which is good because they do right after that sex scene, literally show her come out of the shower and you get a full muff shot, uh, right after that, which is, uh, it's, it's a fun scene. You know, I, I can honestly say that when I saw it, I was like, Hey, hey that's, that's Bush. Like a 12 year old. Is she, I don't think she's a 12 year old. Come on, man. Relax. Body of a 12 year old. I don't Sorry. think so. Even in the cheerleader outfit, I saw those crow's feet and I was like, mm, not going to work for me, pal. So this, uh, this movie is actually based off of a graphic novel, which was written by, uh, uh, Vince Locke. Uh, now Vince, Vince Locke, has actually was the illustrator for uh, the very famous Vertigo comic, The Sandman, um, which is uh, Neil Gaiman, of course, a very famous work. But he also did the artwork for Cannibal Corpse and the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Jeremy. He designed all of the characters for Aqua Teen Hunger Force, right? You got a little uh, Carl in you? <laughs> Hey, you know, this movie, I thought it could have more sex on more stairways. <laughs> I like the part where they were banging in the shower. Yeah. Uh, use sex in a Camaro. Hey. <laughs> this is good stuff. Uh, so, uh, and it's well, also. Know, it's like that Zapruder film. You know, I filmed when uh, Nancy Ellen went into the water, you know. <laughs> I'm Carl from Blowout. Yeah. And, and uh, this is also uh, the writer of this comic book was uh, was none other than than John Wagner. Now, Jeremy, do you know John Wagner's most famous work? Uh, heart to heart. No, it's actually and it makes sense with how violent this movie is. Uh, he's famous for writing the very uh, the graphic novel for Judge Dredd and all the screenplays for it, uh, including the Stallone one and the most recent one. I think back in 2012 with um, oh god damn it, Boy, what the fuck is his name? Judge Dredd. Huh? Doctor 
Dr. McCoy from the boys. Yes, Dr. McCoy from the boys. That's it. Uh, so he's he's written both of the Judge Dredd uh, uh, films as well as the comic book. So uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure he's British. He sounds like he has a funny accent. He is he is very British, although born in the states and then moved to Britain, which is a weird oh, it's a weird oh, way oh, to by, go. By the way, <laughs> I I heard a new member in our Call of Duty group, and this guy probably pushing 40, 50 something, probably drinking heavily as we're like playing two a.m. in the morning. Found out he's from Wales. I could understand Ozzy Osbourne drunk better than I could understand him. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, guys, I can't understand what he's fucking saying. So All oh, I know God. is I've met one Welshman in my life, and they love it when you're like, Welsh, that's like, uh, that's in Ireland or something, right? And they, they love when you say that. <laughs> I think that's also where they make Welsh's grape, grape juice. Welsh's grape. <laughs> yeah, Welsh's grape juice. Yeah. Oh man, fuck yeah, dude! So uh, the movie opens up, uh, and uh, it actually has a really cool shot that starts out the movie. It's a four-minute-long continuous shot. I think that would even make the likes of a uh, 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 a De Palma. It would make a De Palma even a little bit proud of this because I do. They like it. They we meet our two uh, antagonists who are going to come into play shortly into the movie uh, at a local motel. He gets up, he drives forward, then he has to go get a jug of water. And uh, as he goes to go fill up his jug of water, uh, you see that everyone's murdered inside of this little motel lobby. And uh, except for one, as he's filling up his water, a little girl who's very, very shocked. This girl comes out out and uh our actor who is playing uh uh who's played by greg burke uh who's playing billy one of these homicidal maniacs sees the little girl pulls out the gun and goes and just fucking shoots her in the goddamn head as we are then immediately taken uh to the home of tom stall where you get to meet tom stall his lovely little daughter who's just the most adorable person in the whole world in this film uh his son jack as well as his wife edie uh they very much have a small town home a small town life and just a beautiful quiet town in indiana Yes, Ashley. So, so I love this picturesque family because, like the the older brother. I need you guys to like verify what I'm assuming. I do not have have older brothers. I have two older sisters, but I find it hard to believe that older brothers are that sweet because I feel like really an older brother just holds your face in their farts and laughs at you. Well, I had an older brother. He's on our podcast. He's 12 years my senior. So I would say the age difference would be pretty similar between me and this little girl in this movie. And I can say that my sweet brother, Jeremy, was always very nice to me, except for like four or five occasions, which are all traumatic experiences in my life. Um, one was, one was my favorite. I've never told this on the podcast. I don't think one time me and Jeremy were wrestling and I was getting a little fresh. He was in his early twenties and I was probably like 12 years old. And Jeremy, uh, decided that I was like, I was going to attack him because he had made me so mad that he picked me up and then scooped my legs out from under me and my head 
we had these chairs that were like yellow that had these feet that like went like flat to the it was like one pole that went down and then flat out legs like this that were metal and my head I went head first back into one of those legs of that chair and I smacked my head and then Jeremy got in trouble for beating the fuck out of me uh the other one my other favorite one is when dad went to a yard sale because he was a bit of a hoarder, loved going yard sailing. It was his favorite thing in the whole world. Bring back a new treasure trove of shit that would fill up our lives for the coming decades. And one day he bought a bunch of boxing gloves and then he was, gave me and Jeremy boxing gloves and 12-year-old me had to box my older brother Jeremy, who is a full-grown man at this point. And I went in, got punched two or three times, started crying, tried to attack attack harder got beat up more and i lost the fight <laughs> so it makes so much sense because like when i'm really abusive to eric he only comes back harder so now i understand he's like a whipped dog i, I never it. i never give up <laughs> you you don't you don't understand the links i'll go <laughs> i love this i'm like i hate you eric and you're like I can make you hate me harder. I can, I'm like, okay. You think you've merely seen the tip of it? <laughs> like, but no, but, but 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 okay. But you guys are two brothers. My point was, you know, Jeremy, you have younger sisters. Then, okay, I feel like this is bullshit. I feel like I'm not saying brothers are demons to all their sisters, but I find it hard to believe that a brother would be this sweet. Yay or nay? Like I remember, yeah, no. Jeremy was always very sweet. I remember this one time, Jeremy was really nice to me. And I'd come home and I'd gotten uh, I'd gotten beat up in about fourth grade and I was crying and I came home and I said, you know, these guys beat me up. And he went, way to go, faggot. And then I knew that that point that I had just he had my back for the rest of my life at that point. Did you get beat up or did you get titty fucked? Both. <laughs> Oh, okay. that, actually, the titty fucking was the nicest part of what happened to me. <laughs> I was just like, ooh, my sternum. Ooh. Aww, Eric, <laughs> we finally found things in common. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, I do enjoy. No, their brother is is a ridiculously sweet guy and way too smart. You know, he would be in the band Stuka for sure. Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, the only the only th bad thing I felt bad doing to you growing up was when I was with uh, Eldridge in the dining room, and you decided to come up and either walk through the controller uh, cords, or you just came up and you just pressed stop, you just pressed off on the Nintendo, and I just by nature slapped the fuck out of you. Like, what? <laughs> the fuck did you do that? Hey. Hey. Eldridge's like, geez, man, why'd you do that? I was like. Why the fuck did he do that? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pull one more out of the Woodworth vault, okay? This is like the Disney vault re-releasing a movie. Uh, hey, one time, the most mad I ever saw Jeremy, okay? And it's probably why he caked the back of my toilet with shit last week, and I have to accept <laughs> it, is uh, Jeremy lived in the basement of our home. And uh, we had some plumbing problems, and I was young. I was probably—I feel like I was under ten years old at this time. And we—I I remember sometimes you—you could—you could easily stop up the toilet down there. So rather than I took a shit down there, and rather than wipe my, I, <laughs> rather rather than wipe my ass and put the toilet paper in 
in the, the toilet where it, where it belongs. I, uh, I was just like, oh, I'll make sure I don't overflow the toilet. And I remember I wiped my ass and then threw the toilet paper behind the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so there was just shitty toilet paper. <laughs> and then I was too scared to flush it, so I just left it like that. And then my brother came home. And he goes, who looks shit down here? And he was just like, it was you. You're the only one that at least turns the size of footballs. And, then, and he goes, there's shit behind the toilet. <laughs> and then I, had to, I had to go clean it all up. But you know that's, what? That's the fun. That's the fun of growing up in a Woodward. These are beautiful memories. These are <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's laughing. He's in tears right now. But he did. I do. I've always remembered. That you're the only one that has turns the size of footballs. So much like something dad would say. Which makes it funnier. And I have no recollection of this whatsoever. So, uh, oh, so uh, let's move the movie along. Uh, she's scared of monsters. She says there's no such thing as monsters. Little do they know, maybe they're living with one and they don't even know. Tom Stahl, Vigo Mortensen, goes to work the next day at the diner. We meet some of the locals. The regular, though, who's uh, not the cook, but the guy who's just always there. You might recognize him from a movie a couple weeks back. He's actually the cross-dresser from Dawn of the Dead 2004. Uh, I picked that up uh, watching this movie on a, on a second uh, watch. Uh, they go to a local baseball game where Jack even makes the game state-saving out to win the game, but that sure pisses off the local town bull. Bobby then goes threatens uh threatens sweet Jack and we get to hear this little segment right here. Yeah. Gym class was stupid. No, I said gym class was Listen to this little faggot. Yeah. You're right. I'm both little and a faggot. You got me dead to rights. <laughs> Come on, chicken shit, let's do this. What would be the point? I mean, you win. You win, you win. You established your uh, alpha male standing. Uh, you've established my unworthiness. Doing violence to me just seems <clears throat> pointless and cruel. Don't you think? Let's do this, you punk bitch! Shouldn't that be little punk-ass chicken shit faggot bitch? <laughs> got his ass and I, I do enjoy this this is the thing that I find hard to believe about this movie that Vigo Mortensen and Maria Bello somehow had a son that is exactly like Woody Allen it's very odd to me uh, no it and it makes absolutely no sense and he's also kind of a ginger mm-hmm. so doesn't I'm make like, sense in the family definitely time. not his kid yeah. she she was 69ing with somebody else <laughs> so uh tom and eddie then uh uh edie go into go out uh out for a night on the town they come home and have some good old sex when she throws on her cheerleader outfit and we get to see fucking vigo or mortensen eat some pussy straight off the bat in the first uh act of the film which can i point out boys this is one of the first feature films a very like high you know high res big deal movie where i saw 69ing i can't think of really yeah, to my yeah. knowledge i can't tell I you can't another movie of... where 69 happens except in this no. movie no and i'm like good 
for you, Cronenberg. Hell Thank yeah. you for bringing that top tier maple drip drip to the screen. <laughs> maple drip drip. He's so, a Canadian. So uh, we then meet uh, we then meet Jack's emo girlfriend. They like to smoke a little pot, but the old bully Bobby rolls into town, but gets spooked when he sees our two baddies that murdered a bunch of people at that motel earlier stare him down very easily. Uh, the two, uh, Billy and Leland, are two uh, bad dudes, roll into the diner that Tom Stahl owns and operates. And uh, he says they're closed, but they want coffee. But he says, sorry, fellas, we're closed. And he goes, I said, coffee! <laughs> okay. I think you're going to be sticking around for a while, honey. Um, Tom? Sir, we don't we don't carry much cash here. You gentlemen are certainly welcome to all of it. Well, I know that asshole. Believe me, I do know that. Ah! Shut up, bitch! But as things are getting out of hand, Tom Stall grabs a pot of coffee. Business. What? Fucking whacks the dude in the face. Grabs his gun, blows the other guy through the fucking front door of the place, and then uh, the other guy stabs him in the fucking foot, and then Tom Stahl goes behind him and blows the back of his brains out as the rest of the patrons look on in shock, terror, awe, and relief. Wow. What a start to the film here. I assume Eric would have the same reaction if it was toilet coffee. Shout outs to the past stories about how my work used to make toilet coffee. Hey, by the way, do you want to know, uh, Ashley, I I don't want to call him totally out, but you know about the toilet coffee thing. So last night at our show, the guy who made the toilet coffee was there. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't have to meet him. If I did meet him, I was very curt and I was like, I'm out here. He was the guy in the leather jacket, older silver hair. That's the guy who uh, who made the toilet coffee. You can look on Facebook. I got to be honest. All of your fans look like the same person. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I do love this opening thing. And I love that, like, even though, like, David Cronenberg is making a kind of dramatic, almost action-esque movie, he still adds elements of fucking pure violence and gore. Because when the guy's head gets blown off, it's like, we want whole back of his head fucking to explode. And uh, it oh, was no, a good I special know. effect. But it, No, I love it. And again, though, I think it's funny that my mom loves this movie my parents love violence but the minute there's sexual pleasure on screen they're like absolutely not <laughs> so just didn't want you pregnant at age 14 that's all it is so. and now i'm not gonna get pregnant at all they did a great job that shows them welcome uh, to the new uh, world uh, I, I i gotta hand it to this Stephen mccaddy guy i think that i really think that cronenberg tried to get lance hendrickson but instead they got this guy and he did a pretty good <laughs> Edison, so. Yeah, no, Stephen McCaddy, who plays the guy Leland and tells everybody to shut the fuck up and that uh, is really good. Um, but uh, he, he deserves more more roles. Like, I like him as a little bit actor, but he's only in a couple of movies that I know of. He plays Hollis Mason in Watchmen, which is pretty cool. He's like the old uh, the old owl guy. Um but uh, yes. that's about that's about it. That's the only thing I really know him from. The other thing is, I thought this was the least David Cronenberg of all David Cronenberg movies. 
even though he tries to get the little scene the, the close-up of his face once it's been blown apart you see his his mouth all opened on the floor like oh there is a large hole on the other side of that head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's pretty dope it's pretty dope don't worry there's more cronenberg-esque uh shots to come here now well, like, uh, if i don't if i don't see a guy putting like a a, a, a videotape into his like uh stomach mangina <laughs> isn't cronenberg to me yeah I, I i i i feel you on that brother so but he could like update it so he's like putting like a cd hey r- real quick I like Jeremy's idea, history of violence, and it's just the number of things I've shoved up my vagina. <laughs> so, uh, so Tom Stahl has saved the day. He is the town hero so much so that he's starting to get national press from all this as he looks at the news while sitting in the hospital being treated for his stabbed-ass foot. I'm telling you, those men were, they were going to kill us. They were going to kill us. And if it weren't for Tom, he's the hero. Uh, Police in conjunction with several murders in those states. Uh, Tom Stahl is a family man with long-standing ties to this community. Tom Stahl was just another hard-working small business owner and operator in Millbrook, Indiana. But not... Um, one of the guys had a a gun to my head and and Tom, he was amazing. (laughs) So his he's a little bit uh, apprehensive to all the press, but his wife is just like, it's okay, it's kind of hot. Want me to put on the cheerleader thing again? Gush, 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 gush. Um, she's kind of into like her husband murdering people, which is kind of dope, you know. Um, I do uh, like that. I, it's also worth mentioning um, this is this was originally a graphic novel. David Cronenberg actually. Uh, didn't know that it was a graphic novel because he said, had he known that, he would have not taken this movie. He thinks actually comic books are super childish and he hates all things comic books. But uh, he learned after he had pretty much already shot the movie that it was originally a graphic novel. And then it was just like, okay, well, I guess it's a pretty good story. So hopefully he changed his tune. (laughs) Wow, that's a really shitty... I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but like, what a wild thing to say about a project after you made it. Been like, ew, you mean... This used to be a stand-up routine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, uh, so Tom all, is I'm, all I'm all I'm waiting for is to see Hard Boiled made into a live action or even like a good cartoon movie. They did. It was called The Matrix. Um, so uh, anyway, um, no, Hard Boiled is fun. It, it's a fun little. It's a fun little romp. It's very. Are much we like, talking? Are we talking about the eggs that no one's ever going to fertilize? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, a woman, but her eggs were hard boiled. Rep- She'd never have children. <laughs> so, so, reporter Renee Zellweger. <laughs> so uh reporters are at home tom is uh becoming a bit of a national hero they do notice a nefarious black car outside of the house that pulls away very late in the night next day at the diner it's booming with business for our small town hero as good as good old ed harris rolls in the door who plays character T- carl fogarty with his two goons uh they roll up and take a seat at the uh at the bar of the diner here and we get to hear the great ed harris uh start to confront vigo mortensen dolls did you gentlemen like some coffee you're the hero 
sir. Just yeah, you're the big hero. Sure took care of those two bad men. Really don't like talking about it, sir. <laughs> We're trying to get back to normal here. So can I offer you gentlemen some coffee? Sure. Give me some coffee. Make it black. Yes, sir. Joey. And, uh, and your friends? They don't drink coffee. It doesn't uh, agree with them. Joey. Joey. You are. My name's Tom, sir. Of course it is. Good coffee. Thank you, sir. Hard to find coffee that's good in Philadelphia. But you know that, don't you, Tom? No, actually, I don't. I've never been to Philadelphia. Pennsylvania? Is that where, <laughs> where you gentlemen are from? Yeah, like you don't know. Sorry, do you think we know each other? So, a very tense scene between uh, the great Ed Harris and uh, Vigo Mortensen here, um, who's claiming that he is a person that he is it pretends he's not. Uh, and Ed Harris, during this scene, actually reveals his eye has been completely like gouged out, and it's blue, and it looks all fucking milky as he takes his sunglasses off in the middle of the night, because he's a regular... I thought it was because he's a Corey Hart fan and not a mobster. But, Ashley, what did you get from this scene? Well, I gotta, this is kind of hard to talk about. I was kind of triggered by this because I feel that they stole this from my life because I do the same thing when guys have like, haven't we slept together? And I'm like, I don't know who this Ashley is. And they're like, no, no, no. Like you definitely fucked me before. And I'm like, I don't, from Philadelphia? I don't know. And then they like, they like pull back their glasses and then like, you gave me such bad pink eye that I lost this eye. You sure you don't remember me? And I'm like, <laughs> so uh he uh <laughs> the uh I do like it. It's an intense scene. So much so that this was one of the first times that Ed Harris actually uh, uh, worked with Viggo Mortensen. Uh, so much that he would ask him frequently if there was ever an opening role. He would always be like, hey, get that guy Vigo. He's really good. And uh, he's always really enjoyed him uh, working working with him. So much so that uh, later on in this film, when they have a uh, talk to, talk together, there's one scene where they're at like uh, a table they're talking back and forth and uh vigo's lines he was laughing so much during those lines that he had to reshoot it so ed harris who was already out of like character and had taken off his stuff just put on the top stuff and it was just doing the scene pantsless uh on the on the second take of it so vigo somehow didn't laugh on the second scene where where ed harris just just in his in his whitey tights uh isn't what do they tell us eric as performers they're always like just imagine people in their underwear exactly exactly so an intense scene the boys leave but uh tensions are starting to get high as these gangsters seem to think he's a gentleman named joey from philadelphia uh the uh, they uh they move on and the sheriff uh uh, calls, uh, pulls him over and does a background check on him and then gives him a little information on the goons that confronted them within the diner. Both men work for Carl Fogarty. 
He's a fellow with the eye. He spent 15 years in prison on several counts of assault. He's suspected in half a dozen murders, more disappearances. Tom, these guys are organized crime from the East Coast. And they're the real thing. The bad men. Jesus. Jesus, honey. I have to ask you a question. Are you in some kind of witness protection plan? Sam. Some kind of what? Wait a minute. Are you actually the Burger King? Because I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that they, that you had to go underground because you got mafia ties. Uh, so uh, he, he, the sheriff suspects something is up with uh, with what Tom is is telling them, and uh, he, of course, Tom denies it. And his wife knows nothing about it. Um, actually, Eric, he's the Hamburglar. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah so uh they never find out anything uh, about this joey cusack but they do find a richie cusack who's the head of an organized philly crime syndicate Ooh, perhaps related to the joey cusack who this man claims he knows so uh he heads to work the next day but sees the same black car outside and sees it pull away and he's like oh shit they're going for my family he starts hoofing it but is running like as like a not the opposite of forrest gump just just the slowest <laughs> walk because he got stabbed in the foot in act one and he's just trying to hoof it back to his house get there as fast as he can with his fucking club foot he warns warns Edie via cell phone that uh he she should grab the shotgun and be ready as tom gets there very very slowly uh he makes it home and no one is there jack and is of course is spooked as well as his wife but he just kind of plays it off because he saw that car there and he just didn't know what was going to happen now uh later in the day uh his daughter uh Edie and and uh the daughter are out at the mall and she wanders off and gets lost for a little bit Edie goes looking for her and mom can't find her but she does find carl watching her daughter play at the thing when carl says this to sweet Edie. see this isn't a completely dead eye still works a bit problem is the only thing i can see with it is joey cusack and it can see right through him right through your husband edie see what's inside him what makes him tick he's still the same guy he's still crazy fucking joey and you know it don't you i know that my husband is tom stall that's what i know yeah yeah well, why don't you ask Tom about his older brother, Richie? He ask Tom about how he tried to rip my eye out with barbed wire. And ask him, Edie, how come he's so good at killing people? Whoa. So, casting shade on old Tom Stahl right there. Um, which is weird. I listen, I gotta be honest with you. I've never met a guy who had his eye gouged out that I didn't at least listen to what he had to say. Cause that guy at one time had seen some shit, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Eric, you're missing your balls. So like, I mean, you can be weird. So I just kind of, I just kind of like, oh, he's like, I, Eric is like, I remember when I was still a man. I'm like, I bet you do pop pop. Like, <laughs> 
So after that, Bobby, uh, uh, Jack finally stands up to his bully, Bobby, and beats the living shit out of him. Like, Bobby barely puts up a fight. This guy's a huge pussy for being a bully. Uh, but Tom is unhappy with Jack's actions as he says, you shouldn't do that type of shit, Jack. And we hear this. In this family, we do not solve our problems by hitting people. No, in this family, we shoot them. Oh, shit. Turn up. Fuck yeah. Um, which honestly is a better method to deal with bullies. If I'm going to be honest with you, uh, he's, which is he's such wrong. a good dad burn. And I know I'm hopping ahead for like a second, but I kind of, I can't not, I want to be the one to bring it up. He then slaps the shit out of his son. He bitch slaps his son. Yeah, he does. He bitch slaps his baby boy. And it is one of the most satisfying slaps I've ever heard. So uh, Edie, you learned to hit that bully. I learned it from you, dad. I learned it it when you murdered those people who were murderers. So uh, (laughs) Edie then tells uh, Tom that she saw uh, uh, Carl earlier today at the mall, but before she can really unravel everything, fucking Carl rolls up to the house and not only does he roll up to the house they have sweet Joey in the back seat get off our property we'll go Joey we just want you to come with us come back to Philly see some people I told you I have never been to Philadelphia (laughs) you almost believe your own crap don't you you know you're trying so hard to be this other guy It's, it's painful to watch Charlie. Hey. Look what we found. Come on. Yeah? <laughs> Jack! You no, so as he sees his son pulled from the back seat, uh, he says, I'll reluctantly go with you, and they release the boy. Uh, but as they release the boy to go back into the house, he says one of the hardest, I fucking love how hard he says this in just the nice low tone. He gets, he says this. Now, come on, Joey, get in the car. You won't need your toothbrush. We'll take care of everything. It would be better if you just leave now. <laughs> I think it'd be better if you just left now. And one of the goons comes over, and I love it. He he starts to like try to like tie Joey up and uh, or Tom stall up. He grabs his arm, fist palms his nose like six times until his nose is pushed all the way into his fucking brain right before us. Grabs dude's gun, shoots goon too. Almost gets a shot off at Ed Harris, but Ed Harris then shoots fucking uh, uh, Tom in his arm. And as he's got Tom Stahl dead to fucking rights, he was just like, any last words, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden... Sweet Jack comes up with the shotgun and fucking cuts Ed Harris in half with a shotgun blast to the chest, double barrel, pump action. You can find this in the sporting goods section of S-Mart. That's right. Shop smart. Shop S-Mart. That's what we're doing here. Wonderful scene. And then as... As sweet Vigo Mortensen gets up, he's covered in blood that his son is just blasted all over him. And they have like this kind of like weird embrace. It was like, it's great. And it's like, you see me for who I am. And also, you're good as shit at murdering people too. Respect. Well, I do feel like you and Jeremy have had similar moments because like when he's like, yeah, I think you should leave now. I just automatically felt like I heard you saying it to Jeremy after he murdered your toilet. 
So uh, he then, uh, shortly after this, he comes clean with Edie, and uh, she's completely disgusted with his actions. She just can't take the things that he's done, the lies and everything. He really is indeed Joey from Philadelphia, a former mobster and a killer through and through. Did you have that special speech by Edie when when he can tell he tells her the truth? No, no, no. Would you like to recreate it though? She says, "I'm not aware of too many things. I know what I know. If you know what I mean." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. So uh, he also talks to his son, who's super disgusted because you just slapped me for doing violence when all you do is violence and you've lied your whole life. He's just caught all up in it. But the next, the sheriff comes to town to visit Tom and tells him that he's got a problem. He's figured it all out. But just as Tom is about to come clean with everything, Edie walks in and after much tension, Edie covers for him and says, Tommy is who he says he is. He's a family man. Haven't we been through enough? And starts crying. And he goes, I'm sorry. So she fucking lies for him. But that immediately turns in to 30 seconds later, them having a violent sex scene, which includes slapping from both parties, which uh, David Cronenberg was actually worried that this would would look like rape. So they had to refilm a shot where she actually kisses him to like, she's like, we need like a consent kiss in here somewhere. So uh, we went ahead and did that and reshot it. And uh, you weren't here earlier, Ashley, but they actually filmed this scene on the steps and he tried to put stunt pads, but they couldn't do it. But uh, she was actually got super bruised up during this entire scene. So she looked like a fucking rotten banana anytime she took her shirt off after (laughs) this moving forward. This is what I call this is what I call hate fucking. This is when you're angry at your partner, but you're both super horny and you want to make up, but nobody wants to say they're sorry. So you hate fuck the shit out of each other until it's almost abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. But that night, Tom gets a call in the dead of night, and it's his brother, Richie, the man who sent all these goons from Philadelphia. I gotta go. Hey, Brohim. You're still pretty good with the killing. That's exciting. Richie. (laughs) Yeah, it's Richie. What do you say, Joey? Are you gonna come see me? Or do I have to come see you? So now the ultimatum has been laid. Sweet Joey has to go back to Philadelphia where he was born and raised on the playground is where he spent most of his days maxing out, relaxing and shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys, they were up to no good. They started making trouble in his neighborhood. He got in one little murder and his mom got scared and his brother said, you're coming with your auntie and uncle to Bel Air. Anyway, um, that was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reference that I made. Completely improvised. Thank you, Ashley Pontius, for the for the quiet clap. We've lost Jeremy. He's not going to return for the rest of the podcast. I don't know what's going on. But I would assume it's rat-related and or his wife. So, the... <laughs> We jump right back into it. He needs to go back to Philadelphia to see his old brother, who's played by William Hurt. Now, William Hurt actually got a Best Supporting Actor nomination for the last 10 minutes of this movie. He doesn't have a ton of lines, but I will admit, I love William Hurt in this movie. He fucking nails this role as a mobster boss uh, who's looking for his brother. And uh, we'll just hop right into it. 
Yes, it's Ashley. Can I just point out, though, that one of my favorite things about a lot of these movies um, is that, yeah, he plays the role super great, really well, but I also love how incredibly stupid they kind of are. That's yeah, something yeah, yeah. I love about people from Philadelphia. They are real dumb. Uh, so uh, we, we see uh, he comes up to this giant mansion after meeting a local goon at a bar. They bring him to Richie's mansion, and we get to meet Richie for the first time. I'm pretty pissed at you, Brian. You could have called. You could have dropped a postcard in the mail. We're brothers. What'd you think would happen? I thought the business would come first. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. What am I going to do? You bust up a made man's place. You kill some of his guys. You take his eye. Jesus, Joe, you took his eye. Barbed wire, wasn't it? That's disgusting. You always were the crazy one. Not anymore. Yeah, I heard. You're living the American dream. You really bought into it, didn't you? You've been this other guy almost as long as you've been yourself. Hey, when you dream, are you still Joey? Joey's been dead a long time. And yet here you sit, big as life. You know you cost me a lot of time and money. Before you pull that shit with Fogarty, I was a shoo-in to take over when the boss croaked, a shoo-in. It was made very clear to me, Joey, I had to clean up your mess or nothing was ever going to happen for me. You got no idea how much shit I had to pull to get back in with those guys. You cost me. A hell of a lot, Joey. A hell of a lot. Looks like you're doing all right over here. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> I'm still behind the eight ball because I like, of you. I like I like how it progresses here as eventually his sweet brother during this reunion, which is great. You should watch this movie if you've never seen it, but it's so fucking good as William Hurt takes you on this thing of happy to see his brother to saying, okay, I'm really happy to see you. Also, this is business and he turns his chair away from him and one of the goons tries to strangle him and like as he's getting strangled of course Joey fucking kicks his legs back fucking murders this guy shoots another and dips out before he can get shot by his own brother and I love when William Hurt gets up and just starts kicking the guy that he just murdered who tried to strangle he's like how do you fuck 
that up. What the fuck is wrong with you? You had him dead to rights, you dumb motherfucker. Like this. I love that fucking scene. But now Joey, now fucking Richie's on the defensive. And he goes out and he's just looking for his Burt brother who is so good at murdering people. He leaves the front door open. Of course, Richie goes through to go look for him. The door slams behind him as the other goon gets got behind the fucking thing. And just that guy gets got. And then he walks out to see fucking his sweet brother Richie uh, on his knees and he just goes Jesus Joey and fucking Tom Stahl blows his fucking brains out just right in front of our eyes and then goes and takes his clothes off and goes washes them in the giant pond out back of this fucking mansion uh, after he's finally committed hopefully what will be his final act of violence moving forward. Um, Ashley, what did you think of the climax of this film? Well, again, I totally love the scene. I agree whenever he whenever he uh kicks the crap out of his own guy excuse me how do you on sorry um <laughs> but what i what i hate so much though is as much as he's mad at his own guy why why are you so slow to kill your brother yourself he lingers he could have killed his brother before he got out the door I call lazy bullshit writing right there. I will say that that's part of the reason we have you on this podcast because I don't have the heart to kill Jeremy. So I'm actually counting on you to to pull the trigger in the end. Yeah, I'm happy to kill both of you and take it over as my own. I have the heart of a mob syndicate. Um, so uh, I do like how the ending of this movie is shot, though. It is a very, very fun thing to watch as he goes back home and his family is having dinner, but nobody mm-hmm. is talking. There's no words. And they just his little daughter goes and gets a uh, gets a plate for him and sets it out. And they're just like, here, you can sit down and have that. And Tom Stahl is like this. And it's just like there's no words. There's no nothing. He's just allowed to come back to the family, which is great. And uh that uh, literally what's happening right now that brings us to an end of a history of violence Susie what are your final thoughts on Susie give us your final thoughts on a history of violence tell us about the history of violence it's a really fun movie with Viggo Mortensen what did you think of it what is Viggo Mortensen he is a guy he's a guy okay um he's a guy yeah Sick, you killed a guy. Good job. I'm almost done. I'll come in. I'll come and give you hugs and kisses soon. Okay, I love you. We'll go watch something in a minute. Can you give me like five minutes, baby? I know, but I need a. I need just a couple of minutes. Okay, sweetheart. I promise. I'll call you down in a minute. Ashley, what are your final thoughts on a history of violence? Um, you know what? I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. And you know what? I always talk shit about 69ing. I'm okay with it. Okay. If it was Vigo Mortensen, you're into it. That makes sense. Yes. 
I like to, I like to mention the. I I think I like Vigo Mortensen most for his lack of ass. He has no cake back there. It is a very flat ass. And I, as a man who is of flat assness, uh, I appreciate the way his body is built. It makes me feel comfortable as a man. It normalizes having no butt. Um, Aww, so, uh, that's so special. I'm glad you feel noticed. I do. I, I feel seen. I feel seen. And, uh, I personally, of course, this is my pick. I love a history of violence. It's one of my fucking, uh, goddamn favorite movies. And, uh, when it's my pick again, we'll be doing frailty. I'll just let you know because God, we haven't done frailty yet. And I love it so fucking much. Uh, I thought we did, but we could talk about it later. Have we not done? Have we done frailty I already? I thought you guys did, but anyways. <laughs> I don't think so. If we have, let's I just do know. it again. Let's just do it again. <laughs> talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do enjoy it. I'm glad that uh, you do it. And uh, s- suggestion for anybody, if you love a history of violence and you've never seen the other David Cronenberg, Viggo Mortensen movie, check out Eastern Promises. That came out in 2007, two years later. And it's almost like a, a prequel to this movie, just for the simple fact that there is a, it's about a mobster. It kind of is like they were writing it as a prequel and they were like, never mind, we're going to make him Russian and just make it its own thing. So it's like Vigo Mortensen as a badass gangster murdering people. So I highly suggest it. It even has a higher rating than uh, a history of violence on uh, IMDb. So check that shit out. Um, Ashley, why don't you do us a favor and take us out of here? Uh, uh, I'm Vigo Mortensen. No, where are you? What are you at? Where can people find you at? Oh, I was trying to be Jeremy. Um, you can find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. Um, and you can catch me this week at Mobtown Brewing. I will be there with Michael Pilata, uh in Baltimore. Oh, check all that shit out. Go on to AshleyPontiusLaughs.com. Check out Ashley's store, though. She's got a lot of great merch. Become a whore for the gore. Uh, All things Eric Comedy at EricComedy.com. Show dates, all that bullshit coming up. And uh, Ashley, do us a favor. Take us out. Oh. Uh, Do you want to see what I did to your toilet? No!